right. Well, let's get ready. And we are live. So welcome to another episode of the Conquer Your Mountains with Marielle show. Now part of the Feeling Beautiful is Possible podcast. It's actually our first time that we're transferring this show that we do live on Facebook onto our podcast as well. So I'm super excited about having another powerful woman that has conquered her mountains on our show today. I created this show to feature women that, like myself, conquered their mountains and now want to be an inspiration to others. So I am your host, Maria Morales, the life artist, and I am the founder of the Beautiful and Confident Movement for Women, where I help emotionally abused women transform and restore their self-confidence so that they can have healthy relationships as they create the life of their dreams. And how do I do this? Well, I teach you my life artist formula that focuses on mindset, body, and image transformation. And I have an amazing woman as our guest today who has a great story to share and inspire you all. But first, I want to share a little bit of my story. I'm going to be um, playing a video that you're going to just hear the audio to. But if you want to go check out the video, you can always go to my website www.beautifulconfident.com and there you will have access to my YouTube channel. Um, I want you to know a little bit more about my story so that you can understand why I created this movement and why I'm so passionate about my mission to build strong and confident women all over the world. I conquered several mountains as you will see here and on this video and that's why I want to share other mountains that have been conquered by other women. So here it is. Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Maria Morales, and I am the life artist. I am the founder of the Beautiful and Confident Movement for Women. Where I help them transform, break out of their cocoon, and go from invisible to visible. I teach them to let go of all cycles, spread their wings, and become the beautiful and confident artists of their own life. It's two years ago when I finally hit rock bottom. I found myself divorced for the second time. I was very overweight, and I felt so ugly and unlovable. I realized I didn't even know who I was or who I wanted to be. I was in so much pain that I remember always trying to disappear and even attempted suicide. I would come home and cry myself to sleep every single night. I felt like all I had was my dog Lily and my dad Brad. It got to a point that I felt so lonely and so awkward that I couldn't even go outside alone without getting extreme anxiety and panic attacks. Eventually, little by little, I started becoming more comfortable and wanting to find myself again. I started working with an amazing therapist who helped me work through all my issues and gave me the desire to finally be visible for the first time in my life. It was after a year of working on myself and changing the way that I talked to the woman in the mirror that I found me and I fell in love with the new me. It was all I wanted to be my whole life. Through this experience, I created my business Beautiful and where I help women just break out of the cycle of self-hate, teach them how to love themselves, and how to become the beautiful and confident women that they were always meant to be. I created a program where a woman could self-discover, let go of the issues that have been holding her back the whole life. They're going to learn how to be confident, beautiful, strong-minded, 
and they will finally be happy with Holy Love. I look forward to helping you find the right order, just like I do. Join me in this beautiful and confident message. Whew, this video always gets me, gets me pumped, but it gets me very emotional. Ah, oh, remembering just everything that I have gone through and how far I have gone, I have gotten. So this is why I'm excited and I am just extremely motivated and just feel a sense of responsibility to help as many women as possible to feel beautiful and confident, to find themselves and to break the cycles that they have been stuck with for a very, very long time. So. Today, I have a really special guest. Her name is Beverly. Yay! Beverly, welcome. <laughs> so glad that you're here. So let, let my viewers hear about you. Let them know who you are, girl. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show. What a blessing. I, would, I got the invite. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll show my story. It's gangster. I have a gangster story. Awesome. I'm still writing the journey. And when, you know, I mean, so, so uh, my name is Beverly Gonzalez and I am, I'll be 43 in November. I have two children, 16 and 10. She just turned 10 both girls. And I'm also a guardian of two others uh, from my amazing uh, guy. He's got uh, 22 and, and a 13 year old. So I, I have four that I kind of hen, you know, around here and there. And so I, I've gone through abuse that has started within the generations of my family bloodline. Okay. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, going into the interview here, but it's, it's from my, my, the research that they did, this is going on for 600 years. I'm truly in the last, the Mohican of my family bloodline. Oh, wow. And so I found that out through a trip that I had to take to, and this is foreshadowing to um, Puerto Rico, which was three years ago when my daddy went missing. And I'll tell you about that journey in a minute. Um, and so when I found that out, there was that much abuse that had been passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. Those circles are really, really hard to break. They're almost ingrained in the DNA. And so I was one of those eggs. Um, and so from growing up, as long as I can remember, until I was about 15 years old, I was physically, mentally abused by my mother, who loved me the best way she could, okay? But she was paranoid, schizophrenic, raging alcoholic, a pharmaceutical and opiate master junkie. She was an Aries sign. Sorry to all the Aries out there, but we don't get along, Scorpios. <laughs> and, she, and she was straight up Puerto Rican, okay? I'm Puerto Rican, but she was... Oh, biblical testament, Puerto Rican people, yo, okay? The chancleta was like oh, yeah. there all the time, okay? <laughs> so it was, between that mesh, it was a lot of beatings. I can't even tell you, the beatings were just an everyday occurrence. You know, I, I would attend as much sports as possible to be able to not be home. Um, there was a point where she put a gun to my head and shot it. Um, I, the CPS would never come because every time they came, she was just so good at creating a different altar of what the house was always perfectly clean. And, you know, and so, you know, she would, everything was great. She'd have coffee with them. And I knew, I knew, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die today. I just know it. And, uh, you know, leaving as the car's leaving and she's grabbing the back of my head and everyone's saying bye and that door closing. Those were very dark moments of my life growing up. And so there was a point where, after the gunshot, I went to the, it was the city, and I went to the juvenile probation, the detention center, and I was a whole right 15, okay? 
Okay. Went up there straight to the detective's office or to the, the um, it was the probation officer, the senior probation officer. So I'm going in there, room's dark, got the, the desk and the light is, you know, sitting down like some sort of detective thing, jail cells right to his left. And I walk in and I looked at him and I said, sir, I'm going to die tonight and I need help. And so we go through this whole story and I'm telling this whole story and he, ends up, he says, you know, you have to go home. I can't help you. You can come back tomorrow. Talk to social services, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, sir, if I leave here and you don't do something for me, I'm going to go break into the local 7-Eleven tonight so that you can put me in that jail cell because I'm going to die. I'm not joking. I'm going to die. So that next morning I fled. I, I don't even remember where I stayed. I went to school the next morning. And lo and behold, God is my witness. There he is walking down the path. And I'm looking at this guy that I just talked to yesterday. And he stops right in the middle, looks at me, and he says, I just want to let you know that as of right now, you are legally emancipated. Mm. And you make the best decisions you can for the rest of your life. You are an adult now. And I stood there and I was like, are you kidding? And he goes, you're, you are now. Because I, you know, I couldn't live with that. And I, you know, I was going to die. So I was actually legally emancipated at the age of 15. I got two jobs. I tried to go to school the best I could, couldn't do it. Um, I dropped out three, week, three uh, months before graduating. And so during that time, I'm living on my own, still trying to figure things out. Mom's chaos, stuff's going. My father, he passes away. My stepdaddy passes away. Actually, I had to help him. I had to help him pass away because he wanted help. So that really doesn't set well with my head, but I worked through that. So we helped him pass away. And, um, and then, you know, I had to take care of mom and then she was abusive. So I ended up fleeing about 16 to California. Okay. I'm already an adult by then. Um, I went to homeschool and graduated and, uh, and my first husband who was my, <laughs> my cousin, he's not my cousin. He's like, not through blood. Okay. But you know, <laughs> Hispanic, like Sabbath, get everybody's your family. Right. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so that's how we ended up meeting. We ended up dating and immediately the abuse set in because he, that was that bloodline and I was so used to it. Mm -hmm. So a good eight years of my life went in and during that eight years in my twenties was physical, mental abuse. I mean, I've got scars. I've got the, the, the verbal stuff was unreal. Um, there was lots of, you know, times where I, I wanted to kill myself. I had a gun to my mouth several times and I just, I couldn't do it. My faith is that strong. I'm very strong with my faith and that's grown over the years, but it was, it was just torrential and, and everybody saw, but nobody would say anything. No one would say anything. No one would stick up for me. Nobody, not family members, not friends. It's like everybody was afraid or they put their blinders on and I would just cry. I'm like, why can't somebody stick up for me? Because apparently it's not working for me. Someone, a big brother come in, you know what I mean? Just someone say, Hey dude, that's not cool. Yeah. So it didn't happen, you know? And, and, uh, I ended up, um, having my first daughter. Uh, amazing. It was a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, immediately after that, um, I had to go to school to become a nurse. He did put me through school to push me to go ahead and, and go to school. So that was great. It's just that we fought like almost every single day. I was a nurse in school. And anybody who's been a nurse in school knows that it's damn near impossible to go through it with that much stress. And I was the one that was driving to school with the cue cards with one knee as I was trying to memorize things before a test nice. so that I could make it through because I had to get that degree so I could get the hell out of there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was taking care of a one-and-a-half-year-old because he didn't do anything. So the demands for that were great. I finally got to the point I had couldn't take any more. I hit 30. When you hit 30, some things just change inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so it did. It was just like, this is not normal. This is not cool. I am strong enough to leave. Thing is, I kind of left from one to another instead of from one to be free, right? 
Exactly. So I jumped into another one, um, literally right at the transition, got the divorce and it was right there. And I'd known him for a while and it was great. And he, and he paraded me around and he made me feel special. And I was like, oh my God, like since I was born, I never felt special. And, and he just did everything. He dressed me up and wanted me to parade and, you know, walk me around and, and he'd watch me from afar. I mean, it felt great, you know. And then the second year we got together, the narcissism kicked in and the verbal abuse kicked in. And then you talk about seven years of going into there. Now he forced me to get pregnant. I'm pregnant. I can't go nowhere. I can't talk to anybody. Who are you talking to? You can't leave the kitchen because I don't know what you're doing. You, you, you have to, the phone lines need to be connected to me. I have to, I mean, it was bad. I wasn't allowed to go to a gym ever. I always worked at home. There was a lot of regulations that were put on me, but it was done in, in such a psycho way where I just gave it. I'm like, I just can't do the same. I'll just do it. And you end up giving yourself away. Yeah. And your children see this. And so the whole time I'm trying to deal with this, I became an alcoholic. Oh. So I started drinking from morning until night. Now I was functioning as I'll get out. I mean, I could do it. It's no big deal. I wasn't belligerent. I just poured my freaking screwdriver and it stayed filled until I went to bed. And it was the only way I could cope with taking care of the kids and the small town we lived in and putting the face up front. And Were you working already as a nurse by then? I was already as a nurse for about six years I worked. Um, and during that time, there was a few times I had to flee because the between him and I, there was a lot of guns that were pulled out to the mouth. There was kids were hiding underneath the bed because I was going to blow his head off because I was done with the abuse. And of course he called my bluff, you know, and I was like, oh, his mouth's on the deb. Now I can't blow it, you know? <laughs> I laugh now, right? But it's not normal. Mm -hmm. This is normal. Yeah. But when you have somebody who's so good at stroking that string, oh my God, it is so hard to, to figure out what to do. So lots of prayer, lots of perseverance. We're in this nice big mansion. He's a cannabis grower, which I am all for, you know, but he's doing well is what I'm saying. We're doing good. And again, the, the, the chains got even tighter and tighter and tighter. And it wasn't until I got a phone call about three years ago that um, it was my father who was looking for me my whole life. And I was like, oh, my God. Last time I saw him was like one time in, in when I was 20. And so I was so happy. He's in Puerto Rico. He's looking for me. Family's all reuniting. We're good to go. We go down. There. He sends for us. We're down there for 11 days. So all I got to see my daddy was 11 days. And those 11 days, me and my ex fought. Bad. And during that time, I also take care of my daddy because my daddy was diabetic and didn't know he was diabetic. And as a nurse, I had to like, he was dying and I had to take care of him and et cetera, et cetera. So during this time of visiting him, should have been really happy. I should have bonded. And, and there wasn't any of that, which to me, you know, was a robbed moment. So then we come back to the States and another year later, I get a phone call. He's missing. Literally almost to that kind of like month notion and, mm -hmm. and uh, things again, still escalating at the house. And so I went back, but this time I went back alone. No kids, no him, nobody. And when I got there, I met family I've never met before. I have a massive family I've never met because my mom never let me know that side. So I was like, oh my God, I got cousins and aunts and uncles. This is so cool, but we don't have a dad. So we go on this huge search looking for my father. We're all over Puerto Rico. We've blown every single radio station, TV station up, trying to find my daddy, who's a singer, and to no avail. We're in the jungles. I got a machete. I'm like hacking things down. You know, I'm getting bit by every mosquito, you know, and still nothing. And I know this is patch area towards the electricity power plants. And I kept looking over there. And I was like, you know what? Let's go check over there. Something tells me 
he's got to be over there. But there were so many people over there. You know what I mean? It was just like, no, if they would have found the body, it would have been there, right? Mm-hmm. There's witnesses, etc. And so nothing. I come back empty-handed. But during that last week of coming back, I made huge decisions. I broke up with my ex. I said, I'm not going to do anything anymore. I got family to back me now. I got power. I can do this no more. Because he was accusing me of sleeping with everybody in Puerto Rico. It was bad. It was bad. And I wasn't allowed to have a beer. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing else to do. But Puerto Rican, we have a beer. Playing, I'm playing dominoes with my, my aunt. You know what I mean? She's like 70. Give me a break already. No, can't do that. So I was like, this is, it's enough's enough. When I get there, the day that I get there, he started with the, the taking of away. Immediately, my phone got shut off. Immediately, he took me off of the, the car insurance. Immediately, I had to move into my daughter's room. Immediately, things were completely wiped out. I had nothing. I had my ID, and that was it. Mm. I had made plans my birthday week, which was November 7th, to go ahead and flee. I was going to take my girls, put what I could in my SUV, and just, just go. Because I had nothing now. He stripped me of everything. Yeah. And so I did, I did. And right before I did, as he caught wind of it, he was gracious enough, quote unquote, to put me into a studio that was across the creek from where he was living, right? Mm-hmm. But hey, right, okay, it's a studio. I'm on the other side of the mountain. I can still take the kids to school. I don't have to relocate. Okay, let's do this, right? Mm-hmm. Tall towers where I stayed. And of course, because he fronted it for the first four months, I was obligated to listen to his every whim because if not, there were going to be massive consequences. Mm-hmm. And these consequences include besides threats, I had people following me. I mean, these are people that were gnarly, gnarly goons in the industry. There are gnarly goons. There are good people in that industry, but there are gnarly people in that industry. And the gnarlies were after Bev. I had people watch my every move and it was the most prison like thing that he would bring me flowers every time. And I, I couldn't accept him. I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? And so finally I just did something bold. I'd not done it before. I said yes to a date in 30 years. I've only been with three people. In three, I said yes to a date. And this guy flew me all the way from California to Florida for the first time. And I got to spend three days at Walt Disney World. Let me tell you, I never regret that, okay? But let me tell you, he almost got killed for doing it, okay? <laughs> it was that bad. He already hunted him down. My guy already had everything. But, you know, he's like, no, I know where you And he just spit it out. He knew exactly where he lived. He knew everything. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be free of this guy ever. And it was bad. But I stood my ground and played the buff. The, you know, I just, I couldn't back down. Because I knew if I backed down, I would be, I would be given in. But I, I had to be smart. I wasn't going to be like forceful and stupid. You know, you can't tell me what to do. No, there was ways to do it. But um, 174 Texas within about three hours of life being threatened is a lot. Yeah. Okay. And so this went on a lot. So we had to go back and, you know, we got what I was hoping to get a restraining order. But because the paperwork didn't come in on time, the judge had to throw the case out. And I'm looking at my ex who was trying to kill me. And she looked at me and looked at him and she says, I can't approve it because you don't have the right paperwork. Oh. And I was like, I'm looking at him, looking at me, looking at her, looking at him. And he's looking at me and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm serious. And she looked at him and she said, Mr. So-and-so, let me tell you something. This is unacceptable. These taxes are unacceptable. She, she ripped a new butthole and says, if now she knows exactly what she needs to do now to make this correct the next time she comes in here. And if she comes in here, I'm revoking all of your rights to see your child. Do you understand? Oh, wow. And of course, he says yes, right? And you know they don't listen, okay? 
Mm -hmm. So this harassment continues for about another year and a half. And um, during that time, I'm trying to find work and I can't find work. I'm on a mountain. You got to make mad money to drive all the way down the mountain to go to work, to come all the way back up the mountain, to pick up the kids from school, et cetera, et cetera. I'm living in a studio. I'm running out of money. When I was laid off from the hospital because I was there for six years and we got laid off, that was before my father died. So for two years, I, I stayed on unemployment and I built companies online to work from home because I believe that parents should be home. Mamas should be home to be with their kids. So I built these different companies to help. And so um, that's what I did. And so I continued. But the bad thing was is my discernment wasn't very attuned. Therefore, I would always partner up with bad business seed partners who would take my ideas and my patents and my money and ran with it. Oh, Five okay. companies. My, my naiveness to just want to do better and help the world, people will just come and take it, you know. And it is true. It's very sad. But it's, it's definitely smartened me up a lot. And I'm now in a journey where I've been on my own for three and a half years. I have a wonderful, wonderful boyfriend. I do not want to live with him. I want to get my own place. I want to get my kids back. Oh, and that was another thing. The journey that I have is that through this whole thing of being in the studio, I lost income. I lost my kids back to the men who abused me that I fled them from. You want to talk about swallowing? That was it. My daughter was raped in the mountains. Oh. My, and I took the guy home. Okay. And then I found out. And then of course I went over there and took him, you know, we, the whole blew, it blew up. Like it was bad. Mm -hmm. So during these different seasons of kind of what I had to go through, I lost it. My phone, my car, my dignity, my license, my checking account, savings account, my friends, I was surfing. I mean, this is just all recently. This has been the last year. Yeah. And I've got amazing friends up there who love me and saw situations that, hey, come stay over here for a little bit. And I would go from home to home so I wouldn't overwelcome my stay. And I'd help with some food stamps that I could to help while I was trying to build my dream online to be able to be independent and get my girls back. Yeah. And it's really lonely. It's so fucking lonely and I'm sorry for cussing but that's the way it is it is you have to dig deep we gotta dig deep and find your why or you're not gonna make it you're not gonna see the truth and you're not gonna get to your goals and you deserve it every person on this earth was put with beautiful talents and God does not does not want his people living in this world weary and broke and defeated that's not what his purpose for. He wants us out there so that we can spread the light of, of how great and awesome he is, not to be this caged person. So I just would put these motivational videos on every day and people make fun of me. And again, I'm not going anywhere, not doing anything because I have no self-worth. Why would I go out? I don't want you to pay for my meal again. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't, can't go to the movies. I'm busy. Yeah. Well, it's because I can't afford anything. Yeah. You know, I have to ask my exes to go ahead and help me, you know, with gas money because I'm still trying to get to that point and I'm so past under that no one's going to hire me because I don't have a driver's license and I don't have registration and I'm not covered. And so you, those jobs are out the window and you can't do certain things as you're not licensed. And so I said, there's got to be a way to help people no matter what. Yeah. And so the Lord opened up some awesome things and I was blessed enough as of this past month to really a couple months ago to get into one beautiful venture it was amazing and I, I, I have amazing talents I'm self-taught on everything from marketing to graphics to building landing pages to the whole works you name it and I, I taught myself and I had a beautiful company who saw it and they just took me on last week 
and I'm full on partners with it. And now we're just blasting and our job is to help as many businesses, whether you're brand new or seasoned to get traffic and leads so you can grow your business and dream and not have to struggle like I did because you've got amazing dreams and amazing concepts, but you need money and you need funds. And mm -hmm. if I had had this back then, I could have saved a month of child support and I could have got it. I could have did it, yeah. but I didn't know any of this stuff and I lost it. And you know what? It's okay. I lost it. You know why? Because I am a strong woman and I'm a champion. You are. And this is why we're doing this, Beverly, because I now... I went through a lot of things too, not as severe as the ones you did, but the brokenness was the thing. You know, I had no self-worth. I didn't know. I didn't have any purpose. I just felt empty. And every man that came into my life just took advantage of me and, and really didn't value me and didn't love me the way I loved them. But it was because I had this emotional abuse over my shoulders, these behavioral patterns that attracted the wrong people to my life. Mm -hmm. And it's not until we finally find, get, we have to hit rock bottom, Beverly. We have oh, to. Yeah. Because then the I only way to go is people. <laughs> and then you start rebuilding yourself. Right. Right? And then you start discovering things about you that you didn't even know you were able to do. If yeah. you had continued to be in a comfortable situation, quote Other unquote, way. you know, comfortable because there's finances that are secure, but the relationship is horrible, but you stay because it's just, it's a little easier to take the abuse than to try to do things on your own. You agree? I, I, I and many people live that, yeah. but that's where you have to look at the why and look at my kids. I didn't want my girls to do this. I did not want my girls to do this at all and accept this. And yeah, my, my oldest doesn't talk to me anymore. She refuses to even acknowledge me. And she's mad. She's mad because mama lost everything. And mama's chasing these dumb dreams. And daddy works every day, day in and day out. And she doesn't understand that mama was kind through the past 18 years to not charge daddy $1,500 a month in child support and only allow him pay 400 or 350 because I wanted to keep him as friends. And we are friends. Mm -hmm. Me and both guys are very good friends now. Okay. okay, you have to know that there's, and the listeners need to know that there's also a happy ending to all that trauma and abuse. So you have forgiveness and you can move past and become a bigger person and, and work past that. It is very possible to be very good friends with both guys. They're only holding my, my one guy's holding my little one until I get my home and I'm stable and then I get her back. And then, you know, my other one's is working on my oldest daughter. He's like, I'm trying. She's not ready to talk to you yet. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to show her that you can have everything, lose it all, and come back winning. I'm going to show her it's possible. I'm going to show her that if you just keep with consistency and perseverance, that it is possible. And that she will see that mama is not a loser. Mm -hmm. Mama was just a little misguided and delayed growing up. But I rock. That's what my goal is. So my why, you have to have a why, you know? And it's lovely to have people like you to help spread these seeds because people don't know. They don't know. You know, it, it, we're, we're so busy reading all the social media and doing all this stuff. We're not able to know every single thing or what the deepest, darkest thing is. So I hope my testimony can, can help somebody out there who's listening to know, you know what, your situation is definitely rough and some may be even worse than what I did. And I just touched on a few of the little pieces. I don't want to go into some of the gnarly stuff because this is gnarly, but you know, whatever doesn't kill you, make you stronger is such a 
crock of bull in my head because it does not make you stronger. It makes you a champion. Absolutely. That is what that does. Forget stronger. I don't want strong, sweetie. I want to freaking conquer. I don't need to be a little shield and you say ugly things to me. I need to be like, I'm strong enough to not even accept you in my circle. Because I'm only going to have these people in my circle. That's a champion. I'm keeping a champion mind with a can't champion mindset. And that's, that's what I'm doing. So that's my story. Thank you. <laughs> An amazing story. And I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to share some of it. Because I know it's really helpful to share our story. And the more we share it with the right people, of course, the more we heal. Because the more we see how, what have we, you know, what kind of mountain we climbed. And when we weren't able to climb it all the way to the top, we went around it and we made it happen. And That's what's right. happening now is you still have now other mountains that you have to climb, but you climb a huge one. So okay. when you get to the next one that you think you cannot climb it, it's too high. You can look back and think, but that mountain was even bigger and I did it. I can take this one and the next and the next oh, because no. we're never going to have just valleys of total peace, we're always going to have a new mountain to conquer. Exactly. And I just encourage my viewers and my listeners to thank the mountains. Thank the people that put mountains in front of you because you can now find other ways to be better than you ever imagined. That's right. You can't have a testimony without a test. Exactly. What can you share with somebody else if you've never gone through anything, right? How can you help someone else if you don't even have a story, if you don't even have a scar or a wound that you're still dealing with. And that's why I'm thankful for my mountains. I'm thankful for my scars. Yes, in the past, I was hateful of the mountain. I could not stand it. I couldn't understand why God wouldn't remove the damn mountain. But he didn't need to remove it. I needed to work on myself so that I could conquer that mountain. And then the next. Yes. Yes, that is so beautifully said. That is so beautifully said. So I hope that you all feel encouraged and excited to find a way to get over whatever it is you're going through. You can break the cycle, ladies, because we get into these cycles. Yeah, we have original abusers from our childhood, and that's okay. We can't change the past, but we can change how we accept things from now on. We don't have to continue to say yes to the bad stuff. We don't have to continue to invite these people and try to save them because these men cannot be saved. They cannot change. They're who they are and that's how they're going to be. And it's not your job to save them and to wait for them to change. It is your job to change yourself so that you can allow in your life what you truly deserve. Right. Exactly. So much. Thank God. you again so much for joining me. For sure. Um, Thank you. Tell them a little bit about how they can get in touch with you and what, uh, what is your company about the name and just oh, a little bit sure. more. So, so because I've gone through so many, I have a lot that are on hold. Um, and it's due to the fact that I'm right in the middle of attaining funding for a lot of them. So I'm going to have some things sprouting. Maybe in the future I could come back on your podcast and I could yeah. do what, you know, what's happened between now and there. And that would be fun. That would be awesome. Yeah, so currently right now, I just have two right now that I'm doing, concentrating on. One is yourtvportal.com, and what that is is a TV enrollment service for new media service, 3,000 channels, uh, 49 a month, all the pre premium channels. Uh, pre it's crazy. You got um, pay-per-view. You got all the sports channels, all the sports channels on the planet. 
you know, are on there. We're getting our um, video on demand here very soon. It's, it's the only legal, if you will, MLM out there. And what I did was I took that and made it into a personal enrollment TV center. So people who are really coming underneath me get a really nice gift because um, I'm gifted in, in doing things and I'm kind of giving everybody uh, a kind of clone of what I built, their own enrollment center, if they want to really do this and kind of just give them a boost. Again, I want to give back to help people where I wasn't helped. So you, I'm giving you like an extra couple of steps where you don't have to do it. I just built it all for you. I'm like, here, go, go impress, go, go do what you got to do. Um, the other one that I'm doing is a lead generation. And this was a company that took me on. They've been in business for seven years. Um, my business partner cracked the code for Facebook advertising. I am very intelligent when it comes to stuff like that. And when he was showing me the stuff he did, blew my mind. I was like, no. And he's like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And he was like, oh, let me show you this. Let me show you that. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Oh my God. He's built over 800 different lead machines for businesses that are killing it. One time set a fee and you are good to go. Unlimited leads live to you, targeted to you, your industry, wanting your stuff right now. Couldn't believe it. And so right now we're reaching out to everybody because again, we want to help them. Mm -hmm. So between those two, so you can go to yourtvportal.com um, for the TV Enrollment Center to get more info, and you can go to callmebackhere.com uh, to get a little bit more information, and there's a landing page there, and you can talk to me for three to five minutes. I'll answer a few questions and get you set up for a screen share appointment. So that's that's why they can get a hold of me. All right. Well, very good. Thank you so much for sharing your company, sharing what your passion is, and of course, sharing your story with our listeners. Um, so thank you all for listening. My name is Mario Morales, your host and life artist and the founder of the Beautiful and Confident Movement for Women, where I help you, the emotionally abused women, transform, restore your self-confidence so that you can learn how to have healthy relationships as you create the life of your dreams. And follow us on our website, www.beautifulconfident.com. And until next time, thank you. <laughs>